This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. You cannot have Miami dance on your grave in your building. You have to find a way to force a game six. Julius Randle's comments talking about uh, that he just wanted it more. Now, I don't necessarily disagree with his sentiment. I agree with his sentiment, but it's a problem that one of the leaders on the team is talking to the, and this was not something that was caught like offhanded or somebody, you know, TMZ was on the scene. No, he was sitting at the podium after a playoff game saying, yeah, well, you know what? Maybe they just wanted it more. It really leads to one thing. The Knicks have to win game five on their home court. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. I feel like Harvey. That's never good. That's that's not good for anybody. Nobody has ever said, you know what? I feel great today. I feel like Harvey. On 98.7 ESPN. All right, I feel like Julian. How's that? Is that better? Did Julian's team get tonight. smacked in the mouth in the in the NHL playoffs tonight? No, Julian's team is is. I don't even think Julian has a hockey team. It's funny that that goaltender the Devils had that was smoking the Rangers left and right. All of a sudden, he looks pretty mortal, huh? Boy, I tell you, if you're the Rangers, what are you saying right now? <laughs> what do you say to yourself right now? Oh man, I mean, how many? Not to we'll get off this quickly, Harvey. I promise. But Gordon, they've been gifted. What do you got? Thirteen goals in like three games. Fourteen, fifteen goals in three games. Every time I turn around, it's like five, six goals. I'm, I'm shocked. We suck. The, the Mets have been so bad. I actually turned on the Devils, and then I turned on the Devils. <laughs> I went back to the Mets. <laughs> oh well, you must you, you must have went there for that for that eighth inning because that's the best the Mets have looked in a while scoring yeah, runs. Yeah. Neither was good. Neither was good. I just turned the, uh, you know, that second TV, I just turned it off. I just said, you know what? I only need the one TV tonight. You gave up. (laughs) Yeah. Gave up. Why bother? Mm. Hour number two of our Tuesday night edition of the show. Thank you for stopping by at 1 800 919 3776. We've been talking about the Knicks. We'll turn our attention to local baseball. Yeah, we have to. We'll turn our attention to local baseball in a couple of minutes. But right now, let's go back to the phone to wrap up the Knicks. Let's talk to Jay and the Big Apple. What's up, Jay? How's it going, guys? Jay. Um, I was just wondering if the Knicks do lose in game five or even push to game six, what's a move or a plethora of moves that they can make to bring themselves to the next level in next year? Well, that's an interesting question. It's not readily apparent right now, I would say. And it's not one or two moves. You know, it's, it's, they have to, it's going to be a long process, Jay. And thanks for the phone call. And, and here's where they start, Gordon. Once again, it kind of where we ended up, and you have to you, we'll open the floor for you to comment on it, is the honesty of Leon Rose, World Wide West, uh, and, and company about what does this team really need, right? And the realization that while in the short term, putting the ball in the hands of Randall and Brunson is a good thing, and having them dominate the offense the way they do is a good thing for the regular season. Going to have to do a better job at trying to get a some which they've been trying to do for a thousand years, three point makers, and b an offense that has movement in it, because that, that that's what that's what's killing them. They're not making Miami. Miami doesn't have to play hard defense, Gordon. 
They just have to stay. Where's Brunson going? As long as we know where Brunson is, we can control this offense. That's why in the half court, it looks like such a it's such a, a hand-to-hand combat for the Knicks to get anything going. There's no movement on this offense. And so that's the next step to find to increase this offense where there's some more movement so that if it comes back to Brunson and Randall late in games in the fourth quarter where, okay, we need to make a, we need to get a score, understandable. But throughout the games, Gordon, they've got to do a better job passing the ball. You, you look at the regular season, they are way down in assists because they play a lot of ISO ball. It feels like the heavy lifting in terms of the overall roster is still to be done. You know, like people are saying, like, how do we get to the next level? Uh, it still feels like the, the, the real work is yet to be done. Uh, it's, it's nice that they've had these couple of years to make the playoffs. It's nice this year to make the second round of the playoffs. I don't know how much higher the ceiling is on this group without fundamentally changing this group. Uh, I know that Stephen A. has floated the idea of uh, trading Randall in a deal for Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know that that gets – I would do that deal. I don't know that that makes the Knicks all that markedly better. Uh, but I think that what, what's interesting to me is what is the desire of this regime to fundamentally change the dynamic of this group? Because it feels like the, the, the desire of this regime – is to create stability, uh-huh. is to show that they have a – see, we have a plan and we have a foundation and we've made the playoffs two times in three years. The goal is not to be taking wild swings and trying to make these giant leaps. It's about being good in the meantime, and then when that deal presents itself that you can't turn down, well, then you make that deal. But I don't know that that deal is going to present itself this offseason. You just had one last offseason they turned down for Donovan Mitchell. Uh-huh. Is there going to be a better deal, like a better player than Donovan Mitchell that's available this offseason that also would fit for the Knicks and that would also kind of – the Knicks would be interested in and they would be interested in trading to New York? I don't know. No, we have to wait and see. And what, what do you think about that, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, mm. swapping Randall out for Towns in some sort – I would assume that picks would have to be involved yeah. there. Or some other players would probably have to be involved there. What do you because, think about Towns? Because it's clear that he and Go- Gobert don't play well together. Right, no. You can see that. It's, it's not working together. He's he's a it's it's it it's better. Yeah. Okay. It it's better. You you have a you have a person you could go to, you know, to give you some points in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it would be a better position. I think it would be better for them. But, but then again, for him to be effective, he would be. You could run your offense through him, but then you still need those scores, Gordon. Yeah, you still yeah. need those three point guys that could just, you know, just be on the wings and just, you know, just just take hit hit open shots. Uh, but yeah, he would be an upgrade. There's no question. I would love to have Carl Anthony Towns. He would be an upgrade over Julius Randle. It would be different. Um, but but once again, you still have to get some other pieces. And the question also becomes, okay, as you mentioned, not only draft choices, but what else are you going to have to give up for him? Mm-hmm. They're not just going to take Julius Randle. No, no. There's, no, <laughs> there's not many one-for-one one deals involving uh-uh. Julius Randle that I think many Nick fans would be happy with. You know. And the other thing, Gordon, and we've talked about it and we joke about it, but, my, but Spolster proves it. Gordon – and, and he's one of the rare people that do it, okay? He's going 10 deep in the postseason. 
Tibbs is going to have to loosen that bench up a little bit, Gordon. Hmm. He's going to have to loosen that bench up. I mean, it, can, can you give me eight guys? I'll take eight. <laughs> I'll take eight. Not, and I don't know if he will, but I no, mean, that's, I don't think so. I don't think so, but that's something, you know, you talk about moving the ball and doing all this stuff. That's something he needs to consider. He's got to loosen that. He's got to loosen that bench up a little bit. You can't keep asking guys to, to play 40, 45 minutes during the regular season and expect them to be fresh in the postseason. Yeah, but there's also the flip side of you. There, there's a there's a there's a range of things that you can expect people to change on, and then there's a range that if you're asking them to do what you're asking, you simply have the wrong guy. Yeah. Well, he was using the bench a little bit, and mm-hmm. he has used it a little bit more than we expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he's bent a little bit, uh, but once again, it's got to be quality of player on the bench to be fair to him and I mean he'll go to Josh Hart he'll go to I mean he's going eight right yeah. he's doing eight right now when you figure he's doing uh, IQ he does uh, topping and he does Hart so he's doing eight so can we get him to get another person off that bench maybe and maybe Deuce McBride you know, Hardenstein right you know I mean and then and then what do you do now is that Rich, Mitchell Robinson going to be your backup you know, and, and, you know, how's he going to take that? <laughs> I would not think well. And and that's another guy who's future for the Knicks, I think, after this season. There could be some shakeups with the Knicks. I just don't know that it's mm-hmm. going to be that big name that I think Knicks fans have been chasing forever. And if Carl Anthony Towns comes, does that mean Tibbs is going? Because remember, he's done this with Tibbs in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that I do not – I do not think – that no, I, I, no matter how tomorrow night goes, I don't think the Tibbs will be gone. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh, to me, this regime, just from looking at the outside, they they want to present stability. They don't mm-hmm. want to be changing coaches and changing this every couple of years. They want to show, you know, we got a plan. We have a, and in fairness to Tibbs, he's done a he's done a good overall job. But mm-hmm. playoffs is has been another story. It's been another story for him throughout his career. And so he's got to look at that himself, right? We talk about players and players. Hey, Gordon, coaches have to look in the mirror too. Mm-hmm. Coaches have to look and see how they made adjustments also. You know, they, if, 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 if you are constantly getting to this spot and can't get any further, then it's something you're doing too. And so what do you have to do to make the adjustment? I think this Nick regime would be satisfied to get to this spot year after year. Or at least a few more years before they start to be upset about it. That's not good. That's not good. You you want to be able to show growth, mm-hmm. and by you getting to the same spot and falling apart, I mean, going. That's what the teams in the nineties did. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I think what they would say is like, look what we had before we got here. Mm-hmm. We deserve yeah. to have a few years of getting to the second round and losing in five before people start grumbling. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. just shows they don't know who Nick fans are. Yeah. Exactly. And it also shows it's not that they lost, it's how they lose. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. Just just like the caller said, we could deal with the, we could deal with the fact that, okay, Miami's playing better. Butler's hot. The way Butler killed Milwaukee, if Butler played like that against the Knicks the way he played against Milwaukee, Gordon, you tip your cap, you say, man, he had a hell of a series. But that's not what's happening. 
Okay, the Knicks are killing themselves. Mm-hmm. See, that's the that's the issue. It's how they're losing. That's the frustrating thing with this with this uh, with this series so far. But it's not over, Gordon. No, it's not over yet. A win tomorrow night could turn things around. Make you say, oh, not that I think they could win three in a row. Well, but- I mean, you're right. You win tomorrow night, then you got to go down to Miami. And if you win tomorrow, at least you'll feel a whole lot better about where Absolutely. you're at. Now, Absolutely. getting the win in Miami is going to be very hard to do. But if you ever got that one and then you come home for game seven, it's, it's not crazy. It doesn't no, happen very often. And it doesn't feel like the Knicks are on that path right now. But stranger things have happened. If they if they had given you a game in this series, because even this game two, they didn't play that great. If they had given you a game in this series where they have been close to the way they played in Cleveland, you would feel better about this team. If I gave you two options right now to predict the future, Knicks win tomorrow night a close game or lose by 15. Can only have one or the other. They can't lose a close game. It has to either be they win or they lose in in embarrassing fashion on their home court. Where's where's your head at right now? I see them losing in embarrassing fashion on their home court. I actually think they could win tomorrow night. If I had one to pick, I think Mm -hmm. I'd pick a win. And I hope I'm wrong. But I could see them doing I could see them doing that and I think that would then make the front office look and say, wow, we got, we got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. It should. <laughs> a lot of work to it do. It should. You know, I mean, a lot of work. remember the last time they were ousted from the playoffs, we all sat around and said, boy, they got to add some talent. It can't be Randall's the top option on a, on a playoff caliber team. And they went out and got Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. Yeah. I hope they win tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> one 800 More of your calls next on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. As we all will be talking about, Knicks Heat tomorrow in a do-or-die game five. Boy, I'm telling you, Gordon, it's very simple. It's win or go home for the Knicks every game. <laughs> every single game. Yep. Win or go home. This one, it's win or stay home, right? If they yeah. don't win this one, it's long off season, boy. Long off season. Back to the phones we go. Let's talk to Freddie in the Bronx. What's up, Freddie? Freddie in Brooklyn. I'm sorry. What's up, Freddie? Okay, good night, guys. You know, one of the constant criticism of Tibbs is, is his lack of flexibility. I think he's a very good coach, but this is def- desperate times and it deserves desperate measures. If this was the Knicks playing last night in that Lakers game, they would have lost that game because that guy would have been, Lonnie Walker would have been sitting on the bench (laughs) and they would have never won that game. Same thing tonight with the 76ers. This guy House came in the fourth quarter, scored 10 points, led the 76ers to a victory. Kevin Love came off the scrap heap and is playing a big part in the Heat's victory. Lowry was relegated to the bench. Now it's an integral part of their success. Tips need to make a change. Be more flexible. Try something. I know you guys are laughing at Mounier. What have you to lose? The game? I think you could contribute. No, Freddie, here's the problem. And I understand what you're saying. Thanks for the phone call. You make some, what Michael say? You make some salient points. 
But for the situation with Fournier, he hasn't played. Hasn't played. That's he difference. hasn't played. You can't just throw guys out there. Yeah, Walker has played for for L.A. He okay. has not House played, has played in a month. You know, House has played. I mean, here's all you need to know. Okay, is as bad as they were shooting from three. This is not just the postseason. <laughs> they don't shoot well from three in the regular season either. And Fournier has not gotten off the bench. He has not played a game in a month. He has not. He has scored in one game since Valentine's Day. Yeah, he's not getting off the bench now. Can't do it. He's not prepared. He's not ready. He's not going to no. hit shots. A and B. Whatever. If he was, even if he did hit shots, he's going to give them back defensively. So you can't. You know, he's not. He's not at the. He's not at the at the stage where you could say, okay. Let's give him a shot because he'll give us some points off the bench. We'll, we'll ride with him. If he could have, they would have brought him in already. And if you're at the stage of wondering ways the Knicks can win the game and your plan gets to the Evan Fournier stage, it's already lost, guys. It's yeah, already it's lost. It's, it's done. done. Tashi's in the story. What's up, Tashi? Hello. Thanks for, thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, Tashi. So basically, I called before the season, and I predicted Knicks would be in the playoff, and a lot of people were skeptical. And today, we're already past first round. And, you know, this I think our team has accomplished the best we could this year. It pretty much comes down to getting an upgrade now, whether in the form of a trading handle and a couple of com- uh, make a combination package. But this is the best we could do, and we've done it. So I think it's now it's up to the management pretty much. I hear what you're saying, Tashi. Thanks for the phone call, but they haven't played the best they could play. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, and you're right. Before the season, this is what we thought about. We're happy to be here, yeah. But remember, once Josh Hart came, the expectations for this team changed because they played better. They were more competitive. They beat Boston a couple of times. They took three out of four from Miami. So they beat Milwaukee. So you felt that this team was, was maybe they had something. Right, maybe they had that certain chemistry. They love playing together. They played for one another in the regular season, and you saw them move up. This is not right now. Yes, talent. I got what you're saying. You're you're not wrong, but Gordon, right now these losses have been them not playing the best they can play. When your starter, when your all star says that maybe Miami wanted it more than you, that's not a talent thing. That's beyond talent. That's going on up in the head. Mm-hmm. And see, that's where that's where I can't be kind of like Alan Hahn in that sense. I can't be patient. I can't just say, well, okay, yeah, well, we, we, we went further than we did. Talent. Because I've seen this team play better against this very team. Mm-hmm. And they're just right now, these past three games, the, the past two especially, it, it, they look like they don't, they, don't, they don't know how to play basketball. And that's inexcusable at this level. And the playoffs, that's inexcusable to play that way. To have people just run past you for loose balls. You don't know where you're, you're def- you're, you're, the guy you're defending is. I mean, you're not talking. Uh, two guys knock the ball out of bounds. Same team. I mean, that, that, that's not talent. That's not talent keeping you from doing that. Part of it's coaching, Gordon. Yeah. 
Harvest culture. You know, the the criticisms that Tibbs gets sometimes, I think, is and it's because he is always the number one target with a lot of fans. It's Tibbs' fault. You know, the the team doesn't have any effort. It's Tibbs' fault. Well, what about the players? Aren't the players the one that are supposed to bring the effort? But you're right. Like, if you're saying that the Knicks are getting outplayed in every way, and they have no answers for what the Heat is doing, and the Heat have all the answers for what the Knicks are doing, that is coaching. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the yes. If you're saying that it's almost like the old uh, line they used about used about uh, Don Shula that he could take yours and beat his, and he can take his and beat yours. <laughs> that yeah. kind of feels the way it is with Eric Spolstra right now going up against Tibbs and this Knicks team. It does. They look lost. They look like they have no answers. They look like they have, they don't know, everything they tried, we've tried everything, we don't know what else to do. That's the even, way when, like. even when at the stretches of, of the game in, in game four where they played well, yep. the Heat always had an answer. Always did. Oh, oh, what? They scored? Oh, no, 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 no. That's it. That's it. You're not getting any more points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're taking over right now. Jansen Yonkers, what's up, Jan? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Everything you said on point is 100% true. Uh, this give-up mentality, I hope it doesn't carry over for tomorrow night's game. I have a couple of points to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I don't like what Julia said at the post, uh, post-game post show last night. That 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 was horrible. That sounds to me like a give-up mentality. I'm surprised at him, considering the way he played during the regular season. And Jalen got punished last night. Mm-hmm. He was thrown to the floor, shoved to the floor. Uh, you name it, you saw it. Uh, it seems to me that Jalen and Josh Hart, they're willing to take charges. What's going on with Julius and, 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 and Mitchell and the other group, you know, the other guys? Well, Hart, Hartenstein does at times. They don't take charges when these guys are driving to the hoop and just scoring it well in the paint on us. Why these Knicks would have never tolerated this. So I don't know what to tell you. You know, it seems to me, and thank you for taking my call, that they have no fight left, the whole team. And Tibbs does not play the bench. I don't care if Evan Fournier hasn't played for since April 9th. You know, he's stubborn. He's stuck in his ways. He's not willing to make changes. And it seems to me like a sinking ship, but I just hope that the give-up mentality doesn't carry over to tomorrow night. And thank you for taking my call. I agree with you, Jan. Thanks for the phone call. I hope it doesn't take over tomorrow night either, but let's be fair. There's a whole lot of other players on other teams whose guys are not playing either. Short rotation, okay? There's some folks that hasn't even moved off Philadelphia 76ers bench. There's some folks who haven't moved off the off the, off the the Celtic bench. I'm just saying. There's people that haven't moved off the Phoenix bench. It happens. Everybody shortens their rotation except Eric Spolstra in the postseason. Everybody does. So, listen, Evan Fournier is not getting off the bench. You didn't want him to get off the bench during the regular season. I don't know why you want him off the bench in the game you have to win tomorrow night. I don't know why you'd want him off the bench. He hasn't He's not going to pl- give you anything. He hasn't played in so long. Nick fans have forgotten how bad he was when he played. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only conclusion I can draw. Yeah. The, there's plenty of things that you can criticize Tibbs about. The idea that he he's he's being too stubborn by not playing 
Evan Fournier. That is not a fair criticism. When we return, <laughs> we'll take more of your phone calls on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Not even Derrick Rose, but Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier. And I'm sure that Eric Spolstra, who we are all saying is this amazing coach, I'm sure that when Evan Fournier pulls off the warm-ups, that Eric Spolstra will not have, an, have any idea how to exploit that. I mean, what do we, guys, again, if your plan has gotten to the Evan Fournier stage, it's over. You, the plan is shot. You have no plans. And this idea, well, you got to do something, is stupid. What you got to do is have the guys that are on your team that make up the bulk of your team play better, play a good game. Figure out whatever ways you have to do to get those guys to play well. The way you're going to win this is not some secret move that you're going to pull. Oh, my God, they're so surprised. We got to, I love this idea. We got to do something. Have Tibbs go out there in a Knicks uniform for the game. Let it, you got to do something. Maybe that'll work. Maybe they don't play in sneakers tomorrow. You got to try something. Try this. Try to have your stars play like stars. Have your bench play like the bench played for the majority of the season. Have guys step up and play to what they are expected to play like. I think that might be a better path forward rather than some big surprise move. Hey, let's throw Derek Rose out there for 10 minutes, Larry. I'm sure that'll work. It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. It just is. Evan Fournier. Evan that's the, that's Fournier. the mo- Evan Fournier wouldn't even tell you that that would work. <laughs> and once again, if he was hitting threes, he'd, been, he'd have been playing. Of course. He wasn't hitting them. Of course. He's shooting 30% from three this year. Yeah. Not what you want. He's played five games since uh, February 5th. He scored in one of them. Mm-hmm. Now he can stay where he is. We're good. I don't know how the Knicks can win the series. Maybe they can't. But putting Evan Fournier in there is not going to change the equation. It's not going to help the equation either. No, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. You know, uh, Tiger Woods, if I was going to give him advice, you know, arrogance is bliss. <laughs> you know, unbelievable. Again, in uh, mm. West Virginia, I'm absolutely not shocked oh, at man. all. <laughs> I'm absolutely no. not shocked at all that they're not going to hold Huggy Bear accountable. Oh, oh my God. Well, you know, the two topics are very interesting to me tonight. Obviously, uh, NBA playoffs is one. But before that, you know, something, you know, I saw on the line earlier today, you know, that Denny Crum had passed away. Mm. You know, that 86 team, you know, Billy Thompson, Mill Wagner, you know, never nervous purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 86 run, you know, it was out of nowhere. And it just reminded me, you know, I was just thinking about college basketball in the 80s and the 90s, man. I mean, you know, Sherman Douglas, the Big East. Remember Sherman Douglas to Stevie Thompson? They used to be exciting on a Saturday morning. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Danny Manning and the Miracles. Oh, come on. Listen, we could run through. There were so <laughs> many good teams in college. I mean, yeah. I told you before, uh, 
one of my favorite players in college of all time. That Tim Duncan Wake Forest team, mm-hmm. that kid Randolph Childress. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, yeah. He, he was a beast. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and and I think about, I, I even think about, like, against your team. I remember that playoff game, and Clark Kellogg was on the call when Nick Van Exel had that 24 points mm-hmm. against um, North Carolina, yeah, Brian Reese from Castle Hill, my man. Yeah, uh, th- those were the good old days, man. Yeah. I, and I also remember, you know, um, m- remember when the big dog was at Purdue? And Lynn he Robinson. was the man, but he had a guy on his team named Herb Dove. Oh, I yeah. Mean, this dude was the elevator man. He yeah. had that dunk on that kid. And Al McGuire, you know, rest in peace, one of my favorite coaches, my favorite announcers of all time. I'll never forget, he said, he ran up the man's chest. <laughs> Those was the good old days, baby. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. College basketball was as good as the NFL, was as good as the NBA, probably better in the in, in the 80s and 90s. But, Mm-mm. you know, now looking at these NBA players, and Papa Lodge is, you know, he's been talking to me about, you know, the Sixers. And you know how I am about my teams. Yeah, I, I, I'll get happy when the series is won. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, Joe Mazzula, they couldn't wait to get rid of eugenics out there in Boston. <laughs> Are you happy now <laughs> with uh, this no. guy? <laughs> oh, God. And Marcus Smart. Remember, he hated he hated Udoka. Now mm-hmm. he's running around talking about our offense has a lot of randomness. I mean, please. He's one of them guys. He's a good player and all that. But, you know, as a coach, when you get certain guys on your team, like, I'm, I'm tired of this dude. Yo, shut up, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Play your position, man. What would the Rockies to say? Know your damn role. But anyway, right. you know, looking at the Knicks and everything, and I hear what you guys are saying, you know, and, and then this game right here is a, is a great game, too. I mean, Jokic, I mean, you want to talk oh, about please. it. Listen, Jokic is the modern day, and I know these guys nowadays don't remember this. When Bill Walton came out of UCLA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he, was, he was a problem. Was. You know what I'm saying? He was a problem, and, and, and we lost to them. He was a problem, dribbling, passing, seeing the play before it happened. He was like a, a Larry Bird at the center. You know, it was a shame that his feet got messed up, man, because yeah. he was going to be one of the best big men of all time. And Jokic is right there. But, you know, with the Knicks stuff, bro, and I mean this, and I'm not trying to be a wise guy or nothing like this. I feel like a little bit, uh, especially like a little bit on the station, people, you know, and, and I'm not trying to, like, call nobody out or nothing like that, but I'm talking about like people who hold shows every time. Like, they're always telling the fans that they don't know what they're talking about. Listen, it's very simple with the Knicks. They've gone well. They've did it. Listen, you can't be totally mad. The expectations increased as the season went on. First it was, you know, to make the, 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 the play-in. Then it was to get the four or the five seed. Then they, when they won a playoff round, you expected them to at least come out here and compete against better against the Heat. But the sad reality of it all is real talk. And I, and I mean from the bottom line, not trying to poke fun at nobody or nothing, just an outside observer looking in. R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Tibbs, they have a lifespan. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Mm-hmm. They have a yep. lifespan. And you can't get mad at people for sitting around and acknowledging that because it's crazy. Now you got all the hosts on here talking about, yeah, Julius Randle. Let's just stop it. The fans told you all that. Two or three years ago, John Collins was like that dog against the Wiley Coyote. Remember they used to bring the lunch pail on the Bucks, yep. buddy? I'm going to yep. whoop your behind all day. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Then now he went up against this front line. Bam out of bio. I'm going to whoop your behind all day. He does not have the athleticism to be a big player at the position that he has. Mm-hmm. RJ Barrett's been a disappointment. 
and Tibbs can get you but so far. They're going to have to make a move in a lot of different ways, and it has going to involve youth. And, they, they know, and I'm sorry. I just got you know, the fans are right, bro. Like, stop it. All right, Buddha. Thanks for checking in. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, let's go to James in Brooklyn. What's up, James? Hey, how you guys doing? Great show, as always. Um, so I just want to make a couple of quick comments. Uh, when we first got uh, Tom Thibodeau, I thought, finally, you know, we, we have a coach where we won't be outcoached. Wrong. Thibs uh, <laughs> is playing checkers, and Spolstra is playing chess. It's just that simple. You know, I, I watched the game. And I see them doubling um, Jalen Brunson. Kyle Lowry is 35 or more. Why is he bringing the ball up with no kind of pressure? Mm. No kind of pressure at all. He's just bring the ball up. Why isn't uh, 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 Tibbs playing the same kind of uh, uh, concept on Kyle Lowry? I don't get it. And one of the other callers said we should stop doubling Jimmy Butler. We should absolutely stop doubling him because these cats don't know how to get back to their men. And Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett never takes a offensive foul. I don't understand them guys, but Brunson will take two or three every game. Every game. So my thing is blow up the whole thing. You keep three players, Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, and Quentin Grimes. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for uh, taking my call, guys. All right, James. Thanks for the phone call. James, I, I hear your frustration, but I can assure you they're not blowing up this team. There's a better chance Evan Fournier becomes the head coach. <laughs> they're, they're not gonna, blowing up the team. No, they're not going to blow up the they team. Wanna have, they want to have. They want to. They want to be relevant, and mm-hmm. they are in down one three. They have been the number one topic on this station for the past twenty four hours, mm-hmm. and will be the number one conversation tomorrow up until tip off. And even That's and, relevant. and 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 will even after the game. No matter how the game goes. If they win, it will continue. If they lose, it really will continue. Yes. They will be relevant for a while. Mm -hmm. So, And that's what they want. Because at least we're not talking about, well, wonder who they're going to get in the draft. Yeah. (laughs) This will be embarrassing if they go out there and get blown out tomorrow. But this is nothing compared to the embarrassing that they've had in the past, the the punchlines that they've had in the past. Yeah. The recent past. (laughs) Last season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Last season and then before they got here. I mean, winning 17 games and – the coaches that that have they gone they went through and the contracts they're handing out so uh, I get what people are saying that Tibbs might have a, a a ceiling this team certainly feels like it has a ceiling and they're kind of scraping up against it mm-hmm. but to me that's a that, that's a statement that you got to get more talent on this yep. roster yeah and and then if if it doesn't fire then well then the coach is going to be the next one to go no question about it. Well, we got still more to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're on till midnight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Well, we've had some interesting calls tonight and a couple of interesting thoughts about what the Knicks need to do uh, to win tomorrow. Give me your thoughts on what you'd like to see changed. 
um, just from a coaching and a performance standpoint? I really think it just comes down to performance. They, they just have to come out. I, I want to see them come out with a garden rocking and play like their lives depend on it. It does not feel like they have played that way, certainly not in the last two games, uh, really not in this series. So I'd like for them to come out, and I want to see Randall engaged. I want to see Mitchell Robinson c- creating havoc on the boards and, and, and being that, uh, that rim protector. I want to see them go after the Heat and, and, and show some heart. And if, it almost I'm not saying it doesn't matter if they win, but if they lose that way, I can deal with it. Mm-hmm. But if, if I get a replay of the last couple of games, it's going to be a very tough offseason. And it kind of feels like a lot of it is it's like a backslide. Like the, the excitement you had after winning a playoff series and beating the Cavaliers and all that kind of stuff was great. But if you go out here and you lose in five games where three of the games you really weren't competitive – then what, what good was making the second round? Like the second round, you want to – all right, we made the second round, but it's because we belong. And the way they've played, at least in these last two games, it doesn't look like they belong. For me, it's very simple. I, I just want them to push the basketball, Gordon, push mm-hmm. the basketball, and act like you know how to play the game. Yeah. It's, it's very simple. Push the basketball, act like you know how to play the game, which means stop dribbling so much and move the ball through the air. Pass. Pass the ball. And and go after loose ball. Play what you play the way you normally play. That's it. Just play. Be yourself. Don't don't try to be anybody else. Be yourself. Play play your game. That's all. I, that's all I need from them, Gordon. And I'll take my chances because they have not played their game the past two games. They have not. No. Not even close. Not even close. Lee's in Manhattan. Hi, Lee. How you doing? I'm doing good, Lee. How are you? Mr. Gordon, Lee. good evening, my friend. How are you? I am well, in spite of everything. But, you know, you hear me keep preaching. You weren't on the other day when I was with Larry talking about karma. So mm. I'm still going to believe in my karma. Let's be, let's be honest about three things. Can't change Tibbs. He's stubborn. Uh, Trey from Brooklyn, Texas, like he always says about Julius Randle, the spin cycle. Won't give up the you know too much dribbling, okay. Washington should be in the gym in his sleep shooting free throws, uh, Mitchell Robinson, okay. Because we need we we need those points because they're not making it easy for him. But for the sake of the Knicks fans, I am hoping that the Knicks find a way to win tomorrow, because if for no other reason. I would rather see the Knicks, if they should lose, after being one of the better road teams in the NBA all year long, okay? I would rather see them go to game six and lose in Miami or win game six and come back home with a chance to win game seven than to lose game five tomorrow. Mm. I agree with you, Lee. For the Knicks fans and for our sake, you know what? Go win game five, and if you win game five and you go on the road and you find a way to game to win game six, fine. If not, you gave your fans something to at least cheer about in game five. 
As always, have a good one, gentlemen. All right, Lee. Thanks for checking in, my friend. Charlene's in Brooklyn. Charlene, you're next on 98.7. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for taking my call. We're here, Charlene. Talk to us. What's going on? Yeah, yeah I'm so good. Thank you for taking my call. What I, I mean, I listen to you guys every night. I listen to ESPN all day. But what I want to say, comment on the dumb remark that Randall's saying that Miami wanted the game more than them. How are you going to say that? <laughs> Why is you, y'all don't want the game more than Miami? I think that was a dumb remark to say. Come on, man. I'm a, I've been a Knicks fan all my life. I'm 69 years old. And I got to hear him say something about they wanted the game more than him? Come on, man. That's, that's sickening. It wasn't and his I, finest I, moment. <laughs> Charlene, it was not his finest moment. There's no question about it. I, I just thought, Gordon, I, I just, I, I don't know why. I just, uh, yeah. I, I don't know how you would it. say that. I'm not going to tell you that that would go over well with any fan base. I would think that any fan base would be upset by those kind of comments in that in that setting. But mm-hmm. Nick fans, that that is not going to endear you to them uh, in any way with what's riding on this and how long it's taken Nick fans to just have this level of, of joy. Especially with that relationship. <laughs> yes. That, that, that relationship has been rocky at times. It might be described as toxic at times. No doubt about that. Richard's in Manhattan. Hi, Richard. Hey, Larry Gordon. I just wanted to say Buddha was 100% right. College basketball from the mid-70s till I'd go to the early 90s was bigger than the NFL, really. It was that great. And just to give you an idea how great college basketball was, in the mid-'70s, the University of Tennessee had two great college ball players on the same team, two guys you guys know from New York City, Bernard King and Ernie Grunfeld. Do you know how hard college basketball was in those days? Hmm. Those two guys together, I think, won one NCAA playoff game. That was it. That's how tough the uh, college basketball was in those days. You know, if you came in second, I remembered in your division or in your conference, you didn't go to the tournament. You remember that, Larry? It was very yeah, difficult. Like was. Maryland. I remember a couple of years, Maryland had Buck and Albert King. That's and right. they never went to a tournament. Nope. I mean, it was tough back then. And yeah. those games were brutal. Larry, let me give you a great memory. The first time I ever remembered it, the student section charging the uh, the, uh, the you know the the, uh, the the floor, the basketball mm-hmm. floor after mm-hmm. the game, was when Notre Dame upset the Walton Gang. I think that seventy game winning streak. Oh yeah, yeah, Notre- yeah, yeah, yeah. In seventy five, do you remember that on a Saturday? I vaguely afternoon? remember that. Yeah, I do. But you got to run up against the clock. But th- thanks for the memories, Gordon. Tomorrow night, my friend. We'll have our either we'll have white jackets mm. or white straight jackets. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. For the audience. We will follow Nick's Heat. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. following the K show. See you tomorrow night, partner. Sounds good, Larry. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. Harvey Julian, thank you very much. Freddie and Fitz next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.